Hi there and welcome to the We Are Perth podcast. I'm Jamie Bateson and today I'm joined by St Johnson historian Alistair Blair, co-author of the Superb Saints history books Bristling with Possibilities and Manifest Destiny. Today we discuss he and fellow Saints historian Brian Doyle's new book about the most illustrious figures in our club's 135 year history. Okay Alistair, before we get into this um, this new project that you've been uh, working on, I think we, we before we get into the history we should really talk about where Saints are right now. Um, how have you enjoyed the season so far? Probably about as much as you have, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's obviously strange watching it on the telly. Um, and I think, like everybody, I have found it frustrating, I think. That would be, that, that's, that'd be my take on it. We've played... Yes, we've played well. We are not looking like we're scoring goals. And I can't see that in a hurry. I can't see that changing in a hurry. Um, I understand that pre-season, start of the season, there was a couple of players really standing out. Uh, apparently Michael Halloran was standing out. And um, some of the, the, the young striker, the way Robertson was looking good. Um, but we're now into the sort of reality of the season. It's not as bad as the start as last year. Um, it's really hard to see us getting out of Celtic. Um, yeah. That would be anything, there would be a bonus. But we, we should have picked up points. We should have beaten Hibs. The Aberdeen game was one of the worst games I've seen. It was terrible. Both sides were terrible. Yeah. You know, passing pass the ball out of play and then they got the deflected goal. So people do say we're due a break. Um, yeah, we are, but that doesn't mean we'll get one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I look back at last season, I, I don't know the, what you think, but the game at Kilmarnock when we drew 0 0. Uh, and Callum Booth came to the team and we sort of tightened things up and from then on it was all uphill all the way and yeah. we, you know, we really turned the whole season around. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling to see where the goals are coming from and, and I've said for way back what, what we need is a sort of John and Neil, Paul Kane type player. Yeah. Some creativity in midfield who, somebody, somebody who combines all the best bits of all yeah. the current players we've got. It's funny you should mention John O'Neill, but we'll come on to him in a little while. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, it's, uh, I, I think it's uh, frustration is the right word so far, isn't it? I mean, and being due a break, and I've just sat and watched sports scene, and I've seen the two goals. I, I didn't see the first half on Saturday. Um, I saw the second half. Um, I think seeing the goals we conceded, you see the first goal, okay, O'Halloran makes a, a hash of it. But then the ball comes in the box and it takes two big ricochets before it lands at the guy's feet six yards out. And then you see the second goal. It's a nice finish. It's right in the bottom corner, but it's a kind of low percentage chance from kind of to the side at the edge of the box. And then you look at the chance we have the second half where Hendry gets a shot away. He's closer into the goal. He's in a decent position. He catches it sweet as you like. And then Jason Holt appears out of nowhere and headers it off the line. You know, there's the, the margins, even even when we've not played well there, the margins have been quite fine. I think you talk about the Hibs game, we should have won that one without a doubt. We had the good goal disallowed and we'd give away a penalty and injury time, having not been particularly threatened. We should have been Ross County. If you yeah. come away from those two 1-0 defeats with six points, we'd actually sit in, what, yeah. fourth? Top six. Like that? Yeah. Top six, comfortably. Yeah. And OK, you've gone to Livingston, you've lost, well, that'll happen. Um, yeah. You've lost one 0 at Motherwell, having played probably been the better team in that game as well. Yeah, fine, it'll happen. You know, it is, a, it is a fine margin. Hopefully, we'll get the turnaround soon. But as you say, we're going to Celtic Park at the weekend, and what's the chances of getting the turnaround there? It's suddenly if we take a bit of a doing on Sunday, which you know 
it's at Celtic Park, it's a possibility. Suddenly we go into the Hamilton game the following week and it's uh it's a big match. Yeah. And yeah. we shouldn't we shouldn't be at that stage so far. But you know, yeah. that's that's kind of the way it goes. And um given that we are sitting in eleventh at the moment and not getting wins, I think maybe we should turn to kind of a bit of nostalgia and uh <laughs> a bit of history to, to brighten the mood. So um tell tell us about the, the project you're working on. Obviously you've been um You've done Bristol with Possibilities, you've done Manifest Destiny, and now you've got something a little bit different coming up. Sure, okay. Well, we we said after the first one we'd never do it again, and then, to be honest, we weren't going to do it again, and then then we won the cup, so we kind of got prevailed upon to do it, and, and I quite enjoyed doing that, to be honest. Yeah. And it took about a year, because these things take, I mean, Bristol with Possibilities took seven years. And it was actually my fault, because I said to Brian, look, I'd like to do something else, I'd like to do something on The Greatest Saints, because... Uh, you know, okay, it's all about opinions, it's all subjective, but it'd be a nice thing to do. Plus, we've got knowledge of a lot of really good players, and then what we can do is we'll, we'll rank them in what we think is the order, we'll choose our all-time greatest team, and we think that'll get fans talking, I think people will be interested in that, they'll not agree with us, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, but hopefully we'll also be able to shed some light on some other aspects of some of these guys' careers, not just on the football pitch, but elsewhere where we can find it, which is of, of real interest. And in a number of instances, we've been able to do that. And this was sort of ticking along, going very slowly for a couple of years. And then, of course, this year, you know, the pandemic, um, Brian's retires, I work for myself. Um, so I've had more time, to be honest, to do it. So we really ramped up and it actually the sort of, Increasing the amount of work stemmed from the, the cup game at Ayr because Brian lives south of Manchester. So he came up, stayed with me for the Ayr game. We went to the game, we sat down and actually put together our lists. What was really interesting was that when we decided we'd rank them, the first thing we did is we actually drew up lists of our top 20 each and then compared them. And we only had one player different. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. So that, 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 that was like sort of great minds think alike. Um, it got a lot more difficult after that. Yeah. Trying I, to decide, you know, it's really hard. Who, who I, should be in, who should be out. Yeah, I guess a, a club like Saints, you know, some of your your top guys are going to kind of speak for themselves. You you, you can't yeah. have a top, well, you, you might have a top 20 out of these guys, <laughs> but I, I don't think you could have a top 20 that didn't involve John Connolly, Henry Hall, um, Stephen McLean, Stephen Anderson, yeah. you know, guys who have written their names in the history books. Yeah, like, absolutely. These are the guys that are Arson Johnston, the guys that yeah. have been in cup finals, been the big names back in the, the 70s era. Um, but yeah, once you get below that level, then it, it's, I guess it's going to become very subjective as to, as to who the best are. Sure. Well, the, the criteria that we... We sort of thought about this, like, you know, how do we actually decide, how do you define what is a great player? Um, the first and foremost thing is they have to be a good footballer. That, that just is obvious. Um, because Saints haven't really won an awful lot of stuff, you can't actually look at people who've you know, won lots of trophies. You can look at um, people who've scored a lot of goals, people who've actually contributed in other ways. And we were very keen that it wasn't just from all the best teams. So we do have players who are from teams which were, you know, when we were in lower divisions, for example, but who were clearly standout players. Yeah. Um, clearly being international helps, getting international caps helps. So, you know, it'd be no surprise to find the people who have got caps in the book. Um, yeah. But there are some who didn't necessarily 
Um, the other one seems for a short time went on to have Scotland caps, but haven't made the cut, as it were. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's the people who you describe as the club stalwarts, you know, the people who've been there for 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, we've discovered, we sort of kind of knew all along, uh, John Cameron, who goes from the 19th century into the early 20th century, we knew he'd played for 19 seasons. Um, and Brian has done a, a, as an aside, I mean, Brian Doyle is just the best football statistician historian in the country by a country yeah. mile. <laughs> and uh, he's basically looked at John Cameron's entire career, gone back over all the record books, found yeah. as many games as he can. As a result of that, we've had to rewrite the tables of appearances and goal scoring. Because okay. <laughs> he scored a barrel load of goals yeah. over 19 seasons. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin, and I won't tell you it is, but there's a guy who's going to feature in the book who we got really excited about because we thought he might be um, Scotland's record holder for playing an entire senior career, not just for Saints, without yeah. ever scoring. Right, right. And not wow. a goalkeeper either. Not oh, a goalkeeper. Right. <laughs> and wow. this guy played uh, over 400 games yeah. and, uh, and never scored a, a senior goal. That's quite a record. I mean, uh, even guys that never get near the goal, you know, I know Chris Miller's got the odd one or two here and there. Yeah. Brian, Brian Easton famously scored a perler up yeah. in Aberdeen. Yeah. You know, you, you'd expect that he just, you know, percentages would say that at some point he's been got, you know, into the box yeah. and it's cannoned off him into the net. But, well, you know, no. um, I, I think that one of the things we talked about before we came on here is there's, there's a lot of kind of... Um, legwork gone into speaking people to people in the background um here about their time at saints and um unearthing kind of anecdotes we we've, we've not heard before um can you give us a bit of an insight as you know as to kind of the people you've been talking to for this and maybe without revealing the details sure. too heavily because we want to read it in sure. the book um <laughs> a, a bit about some of the anecdotes you've uh, unearthed sure um well we we've been helped by a Staggering number of people, and obviously the club have helped. We've had stuff on the website. Gordon Barman's had uh, stuff in the local papers for us, which has helped. So people have got in touch on the back of that, and it's been relatives. Um, we've all we're obviously able to speak to you know current players. Um, tracking down some of them was quite hard, particularly former players from from way back. But we we've even managed to speak to Sir Alex Ferguson, which takes some doing. Yeah. Um, uh, and also Ali McCoyce, which really takes some doing. Yeah. <laughs> but we spoke to relatives. There's a, an 80-year-old man who lives in Dundee who got in touch with us, whose dad is in the book. Yeah. And um, his dad famously, well, we didn't know this until he, he told us the story, uh, he was in a reserve occupation during the Second World War, living in East Kilbride and working uh, for the police because he had to do something as well as this reserve occupation. So when Rudolf Hess flew across to Scotland and famously crash-landed on the Ocean Moor, this guy was in the party of the police that was sent up to arrest him. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, it's, uh, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just tremendous history, isn't it? It's uh, a great yeah. story to, to link, link into yeah. the club. And... Um, you know, it'll be it'll be absolutely fascinating to read uh, read all these kind of little little tidbits that I, I guess you know in the modern era era we're much more tuned into what players get up to. Um, yeah. We know more about them. It's all documented. You can type it into a search engine, you'll find out what they've done five years ago. But these guys from 60, 70 years ago, I'm sure they led incredible lives outside of the game as well. 
Sure. And, I mean, there's, again, another a player um, who actually is still alive, who, bear in mind that for most of Saints history, the club was part-time, yeah. um, was, as a young man, in a pit disaster mm. and okay. survived a pit disaster with, with a, a, the pit wall coming down and then being trapped on the far side of it. Yeah. Wow. And, and again, I'll, I'll, not, uh, I'll not tell the whole story, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other kind of stuff that we've discovered loads of sort of detail in relation to goal scorers and things like that. And I think, uh, again, we were talking earlier on, Jimmy, you mentioned the fact that for current generation, you know, or people indeed of your age, as opposed to maybe people Brian and my age, um, you can look so far back, but it's much harder to have a feel for what players were like yeah. in, in earlier days. Yeah. And allowing for the fact that the game is different, um, We've got players from the very start of the club who absolutely deserves to be in this. Yeah. Um, we've got quite a lot of players from the 1930s because yeah. 1930s Saints had their first great team. And yeah. It's almost impossible nowadays to imagine a situation where Saints were actually at the top of the Premier Division, for example, yeah. for six weeks or so. Yeah. But that's what happened in the 30s. That's how good yeah. we were. Yeah. And some of these guys, again, obviously went on, as they do nowadays, so the good players go on to their clubs. They went on to what were at that time some of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, it's and it's hard to. I guess that's even kind of what happened in the in the seventies kind of era. I mean, you'll think of guys like John Conley that go on to play with the likes of Everton or whatever. Yeah. If you could you imagine a situation now where Saints sold a player straight to Everton? Uh, no, you know, <laughs> I, I, and that that's not even a top end English club. It's a big club down south, yeah. but. You know, gen- even the best Scottish players now, you know, maybe going to Nottingham Forest. Yeah, or or jo- uh, Andy Robertson went via Hull City. You know, yeah. from uh, you know, it's one thing maybe Celtic selling Kieran Tierney straight to Arsenal because Celtic have had him playing Champions League football for several years. But yeah. a guy playing for one of the non-old from clubs in Scotland going straight to a top-end English team now is just uh, just unthinkable, isn't it? It, it is, and there are instances of players, again, without giving too much away, um, going down south to clubs which at that time would have been regarded as not just the biggest in England, but the biggest in the world, yeah. because obviously continental football wasn't so developed at that time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, And I think what we've tried to do, and people aren't going to agree with us, we, we know that, particularly in terms of the rankings, um, you, you look at what players have achieved not just at Saints, but elsewhere. So uh, anybody who's actually been at Saints and gone on to do something major in the world of football is in the book. So Sir Alex Ferguson being an obvious case yeah. in point, uh, even though it's well known, well documented, he didn't actually link his time with Saints. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's uh, the, that link to St. Johnston, it's something that you can't escape from, I guess, even if he didn't enjoy his time at Muirton back then. Um, I, one thing as well, I think it's... You've got this top 50 list, but you've also gone on um, the top 50 players. You've also ranked um, the management and yep. so other guys that are associated with the club to kind of uh, round things out. I mean, sure. uh, I guess managers is maybe easier to quantify than players, would you have said? It, it is. I mean, we, we've got seven managers. Um, you don't have to be a genius to work out who's going to be number one. Yeah. You know? Uh, or indeed probably number two. Yeah. Uh, after that, um, 
I think our ranking might surprise some people. Right. Um, but we think we know the reasons why we've chosen them. And again, it's looking to some extent as to what managers have done yeah. and what's happened after them. Because if you look at say, its history, quite often a manager has actually set the scene for somebody else who's come in and done really well on the back of it. Yeah. Derek, Derek kind of case in point. You know? Yeah. Um, Paul Sturrock again. Yeah, um, absolutely. In, in, in reality, it was Paul Sturrock's team that Sandy Clark took on. Yeah. Uh, and, and then deteriorated. And you can similarly look at the, the managers who came in after Ormond and it, it went downhill. Yeah. You know? So yeah. All, all those kind of things you, you can learn from that. The officials, again, very easy. There's you know, there's 50 players, seven managers, that means there's three people left. There's the two great chairmen of that. You know, they've just got to be there because they yeah. basically saved the club on yeah. two separate occasions individually. Yeah. They kept the club going. Without them, we wouldn't have a club. Yeah. And then we've chosen one other person to represent um, hundreds of people. And yeah. this is an impossible one. Yeah. Uh, and we got really, really lucky because it yeah. turned out that somebody we know, uh, this particular individual, it's his, grand, his grandfather. Yeah. All right, excellent. And, and we've got pictures of this guy in his first World War uniform, yeah. uh, playing at Schoon Thistle, yeah. things like that. <laughs> you know? okay. so, I have to say, Schoon Thistle, good team to be involved in there, uh, representing me in the <laughs> under-17 level, I think. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. That's a good link to have. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, you've, got, you've got all these players in the top 50 list, but what you've also done, as you've picked a, a Saints eleven of uh, yeah. of all time. Now, that <laughs> is a totally different, you know, kettle of fish from um, from just picking your the fifty best. Because I, I assume you've tried to make it into a, a team rather than just yeah. the best eleven players. So, you know, you could you, you could spend days arguing over just your <laughs> goalkeeper. Um, it's one yeah. thing ranking your top fifty players, and you might only have two goalkeepers in it, but. You yeah. know, um, I, I, what I'll do is I've, I've put together a very quick, as we said, okay. very quick, just in five minutes, um, <laughs> all-time Saints eleven, And right. um, for full disclosure, I'm very skewed on this because I am, I am in my mid-30s. So my, um, my earliest memories of watching Saints was kind of just at the end of the kind of Paul Wright, Steve Maskery yeah. kind of era. Um, I think I was just, I maybe saw Baltacha once or twice. Um, but you know my my first season ticket seasons were you know Alan Main, Georgia Boyle, yeah. Roddy Grant, and then moving forward from there onto all the you know the teams we've had since then. So I, I I've tried to have a couple of historic figures, and I have to say these guys are mostly based on your books and <laughs> um, the stories I've heard down the years of great players, plus the guys I've seen myself. So you can tell sure. me how this matches up to yours. <laughs> so end goal. Um, I've got Sandy McLaren, um, right back Dave Mackay, I've got centre backs uh, Sergei Baltaccia and Stephen Anderson, at left back I've got Brian Easton, in the middle of the park I've got John O'Neill, as mentioned earlier, um, just, <laughs> I, I, guy just, I loved watching him when I was, uh, yeah. was you know, that kind of age range. Uh, in the middle of my midfield I've got Chris Miller, um, out on the left I've got John Connolly, this is a very attacking team. I'm, I'm depending <laughs> on Chris Miller really to sit back in front of the centre-backs here. And um, my front three are uh, Stephen McLean, Roddy Grant and Henry Hall. Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. We, we, gave, we gave ourselves the luxury of having seven subs. 
Oh, well, that helps. Uh, so, so that helps. But, our, and I'm, I'm often of the Tony Hughes of the team, yeah. um, we do have players going back to the earliest one is going back to the 1930s. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have another player uh, who I don't think anybody would ever put in the team because they probably yeah. won't think of him. Yeah. Um, but I can absolutely, when you see and read about it, I, I think it's very hard to argue with it. Yeah. Um, I, with that, you know? It, it is really hard when um, even just trying to think of these things, you, you immediately forget about guys or or you've got a tough battle to, I mean, even my, my, um, my goalkeeper, I grew up watching yeah. Alan Main. He was my Main, hero sure. when I was a kid. I was a goalkeeper. Alan Main was brilliant. Yep. You know, he made one of the best saves I've ever seen in, Absolutely, in yeah, the flesh against Dundee in such a huge game. Yeah. But Sandy McLaren is the historic figure that played for Scotland while at Saints. Nobody does that. Yeah. Um, no. But then on the flip side of that, we have got one player in the modern era that has a Scotland cap while playing for Saints. He's not on my team. Yep. That's Murray Davidson. Yep. And <laughs> I always think it's one of my greatest regrets for that, the 2014 Saints team is that Murray Davidson was in the stands. Um, yeah. But then you never know in football how big a difference it would make to have had Davidson instead of Dunn. You know, yeah. um, would yeah. we have got there? Would it have, you know, the games would have been different all the way through. It's the sure. butterfly effect thing all the way through. You can do that all the way through this team, like Dave Mackay, the legendary captain who lifted the Scottish yep. Cup. I grew up watching John McCl- McQuillan at right back, and he yep. was brilliant as well. And, yep. you know, and you can do that all the way through this this eleven. So, I mean, I, I, the idea of trying to narrow down the top fifty is bad enough, but trying to pick a an all time <laughs> eleven is, uh, you know, it's, is, is it's well nigh impossible because yeah. you've got you've got so many players, and then somebody will mention somebody. It's a bit like trying to imagine you're on Desert Island Discs and choosing yeah. sort of eight records and then somebody yeah. says, what about the Beatles? And you go, oh, I'm yeah. getting the Beatles, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and somebody says, what about X player? And you go, oh, no, yeah. he's got to be in. Who's yeah. got to come out? Well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, There's even guys that I, I, when I actually first wrote this 11 out, I had uh, I had Jody Morris in there just because I yeah. really loved him as Saints. And look at look at what, where he is now, you know, um, and where yeah. he came from. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I still remember back when him and Dewberry signed hearing the yep. announcements of the players coming and thinking, really? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. it's, uh, there's, there's very few players down the years that you would say that about. Um, maybe yeah. Baltaccia going back to the early 90s. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so difficult and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, to reading the, 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 you know, reading the book and having an argument about it with, uh, with people because sure. uh, I'm sure everyone, uh, everyone that listens to this and uh, reads about it and reads the book will have their own perspective on it. It's, um, yeah. it's, it's I, I, I want to get people talking. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, going back to the sort of all-time team, I am pretty confident that we could offer, we could put up £100 or put up a free copy yeah. of the book and nobody would yeah. match our team yeah. because... Um, I think people will do what you've done. They, they, yeah. they choose from their era. Um, yeah. Now, Brian and I are both fortunate enough to have grown up watching Ormond's team. Yeah. Um, and our view, which we are quite unashamed about, yeah. is that the current team, yeah. Tommy Wright's team, if you can mm-hmm. call it that, okay, he's, he's gone now, is, yeah. is the greatest team in St. Johnson's history yeah. in terms of what they've achieved. Yeah. In terms of what was the best football team, yeah. uh, bearing in mind they were playing against Celtic, who won the European Cup. Yeah. And Rangers yeah. won the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. And, 
uh, you know, the time with Scottish footballers, we're going to the absolute top clubs in England. Yeah. It's clearly Ormonston. Yeah. Yeah, That's it's, yeah, it's so yeah. it's so difficult. I mean, it's uh, it's it's very much it's my dad's era, which was the yeah. Ormond team. Of course, yeah. And yeah. he he was he was in amongst these guys. He he was know, on yeah. the Saints reserves team. And yeah, I've never seen play. Yeah, I I, I um, you know, we had this really surreal experience uh, a couple of years ago. Where I was out with my dad and uh, my kids out walking down Broughty Ferry Beach, and suddenly my dad stopped and was standing talking to someone. I turned around, that's Henry Hall. I'm like, yeah. well, of course they they would have known each other, but it's, it's yeah. you know this guy's on a pedestal for Saints fans, and yeah. he, he is he has to be in the eleven. You know, he's probably the greatest goal. Maybe, he's not the top goal scorer of all time, but at that level, at the, playing at, at the top years. for yeah. Saints, he's the greatest goal scorer Saints have ever had. And yeah. you know, he, the, the, these guys have the reputation of just being phenomenal footballers above all else. Yeah. I said, you know. Tommy Wright's team maybe wasn't it had good ball players in it, but that wasn't what you would associate with the Tommy Wright Saints team. It was the whole team ethic. The it was a team, yeah, better than the sum of their parts kind of thing. So it's 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 so difficult because we can watch every minute of every probably watch highlights of every game Tommy Wright ever yeah. managed, but you can't sit down and watch 1969-70 Saints team. No, particularly much, yeah. and, and really compare and contrast. So you know, it's uh, guys of your era that are lucky to have actually seen it in the flesh and been yeah. there on those uh, those great European nights. Sure. So, yeah. Well, Hall's, Hall's interesting because Hall undoubtedly is the top goal scorer at the top level. Yeah. Um, there are other players who, if you look at the people who scored twenty goals and over per season at the top yeah. level, um, there's in the top. I think it's top half dozen. There's one guy who appears three times. Yeah. Who yeah. most people won't have heard of. Yeah. But you don't do that without being a phenomenally good player. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, you don't. So the dog just walked in, which is probably. <laughs> 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 probably There's another another player. Um, again, I won't tell you who it is. Yeah. Well, a couple of players, actually. There's a player who's better than Hall. Wow, right. That's a big claim. Right? Um, <laughs> and uh, I think, I won't go into the details, but we think he was. Better than Hall. Um, there's another player. I remember sitting talking to Tommy Wright when I spoke to him for this book because uh, obviously he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I said I talked about. Um, and again, I'll tell you, is it's not a great secret? You can look yeah. it up in, in the official history. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Benson. Yeah. And and Jimmy Benson scored over a goal a game, and he was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and you go back to our, our earlier conversation about you know the team just now. I yeah. look at John Robertson. I, I have no idea whether he is another Jimmy Benson. Yeah. If he was. Yeah. Uh, but Benson was doing that. And okay, he was doing it in the second division. Mm-hmm. We then got promoted. Yeah. He scored 14 goals in the first yeah. early part of the season. And they yeah. let him go. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's unthinkable, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what Tommy said. How, how on earth can you let a player who's scoring over a goal a game go? Yeah. <laughs> I think if you, got, if you had a, a young Scottish player scoring a goal a game, for Saints in the Premier League now, you'd be looking to get him on a five-year contract, yeah. <laughs> sell him for three million quid, and get him capped for Scotland immediately. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, madness. That was lot. I mean, Ian Rodgers, obviously, <clears throat> yeah, uh, he's a second top scorer, um, yeah. and he was from Newburgh. And yeah. you look at his goal record. His goal record with juniors was over a goal a game. Yeah. Uh, he went to four for where I think he was scoring nearly a goal a game, if not possibly yeah. over it again. Yeah. 
he then went to Aberdeen where he was yeah. scoring, but then Saints sold Paddy Buckley, yeah. who was clearly a phenomenal goal scorer. Yeah. And we've talked to Paddy Buckley's granddaughter, um, yeah. so we've got some nice stuff through that. That's good. But look at Ian Rogers, he was, even when he was playing for Aberdeen Reserves, he was scoring yeah. barrel loads of goals, yeah. but he couldn't get the team because he had Paddy Buckley, he was a, yeah. a future Scotland international. Yeah. Yeah. And then he came to Saints and just didn't stop scoring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what we could do, do with that right now, couldn't we? Someone uh, someone to come in we and just start banging the ball into the net. Um, I think uh, you, you're expecting um, this to be kind of out for Christmas kind of time. Can you yeah, tell us uh, when we can expect that out? And um, I think also the proceeds going to Saints in the community. That's right. Yeah, we, we um, just for people's information. I mean, the, the first book, um, through my sort of business contact, um, what was then called Sunprint, which is part of Scottish University newspapers, yeah. had a charitable trust. So the first book, Bristol with Possibilities, cost nothing to be produced. So every single penny went to the club. Um, uh, the second one, uh, the club helped finance that. And uh, again, Brian and I took a little bit of money for that because we thought we'd done a bit of work so we'd have some thank you. But the club made the majority of the money. And this time we thought, um, and to be honest, it was Stuart Duff's suggestion. Um, yeah. He said, why not you know, give the money to the community? It's obviously tied up with the club. Yeah. It's a really important thing, particularly now, given the, the circumstances we're in. Yeah. Um, Athel Henderson, who is, is the boss of Saints and Community, is actually yeah. of an age with me. And I can remember yeah. having kickabouts with Athel up yeah. at Perth Academy back yeah. in the day. <laughs> Although he obviously was a better footballer than I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's on schedule. It's going to be, we're doing currently just about finished all the proofing, which is an absolute murder because yeah. you find all the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's then going to get typeset, designed. Uh, there are only four people who know the title of the yeah. book. Um, so that's going to stay a secret until the thing's yeah. out as well. Uh, it should be then printed in November, ready for December. I spoke to the club yesterday. They're going to uh, help with the distribution of it so people will be able to buy it to the club. Um, we also are hoping to uh, use the Cherry Bank in, in fact, for oh, having nice. some copies available through that, yeah. um, which I think would be a, a nice thing to do and help a local yeah. business. But Brilliant. the club certainly are, are going to act as the sort of main conduit. Yeah. And um, what we're doing, because this is... It's difficult to know how many copies you're going to sell. Yeah. Um, the possibilities was 2,000, Manifest Destiny was 1,000. Um, they all went. We we don't know on this one. We don't think we're going to sell as many as that. Yeah. But uh, there will be stuff on the club website on Friday. Uh, it'll be in the Courier and the PA as well. Um, hopefully, we are prepared to cover it as well. Indeed. Basically, we're asking people to email Brian, whose email yep. address will be available, yep. and say, yes, I'd like to have one, two, or three copies. Yep. Um, we're also giving a free copy to everybody who's been in it. So, for example, if yeah. you're one of the players that's still alive, then we'll give them a free copy because we think yeah. that's not unreasonable given what they've done yeah. for Saints. You know? <laughs> and you mentioned Dave Mackay, and Dave's like, oh, I'll, I'll just pay for it. No, no, yeah. seriously. Yeah. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you, you can have a copy. If he wants to buy a couple more for his kids, yeah. that's fine, he can pay for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on the back of that, we'll then know how many to print. At that point, we'll then know how much it's going to cost us because yeah. Brian and I are, are, are financing this. Yeah. Um, and that will obviously govern the final price. So the final price will be governed partly by the fact that we're, you know, giving money seats in the community. So it may well be the same price as Manifest Destiny, yeah. but it's going to be a big book. It's going to be four. Um, it won't be quite as big as Manifest Destiny, uh, but it's going to be, it's not a slim 
yeah. pamphlet, let's put it like yeah. that. It sounds like a, I, a lot of work gone into it as well. So it's I, I it works really well because Brian and I compliment each other. I mean, Brian, as I yeah. said earlier on, is just a phenomenon. Brian, just to give you an example, um, and again, I won't go into some of the details yeah. here, but some of the stuff around about Stephen McLean, for example, yeah. you mentioned too. Yeah, obviously, it's going to be in it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, I remember the game at Park Thistle when he scored from outside the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I said to Brian, I, I don't think he scored many goals from outside the no. box. And Brian went, oh, don't worry, I've got a record of that. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's got a record of where all Macca's goals are scored from. Yeah. Thinking, this is just phenomenal. Yeah. You know? um, and we reckon he scored two from outside the box, which yeah. sounds about right, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I spoke to Mac and he was like, yeah, he thinks that's about right as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great goal. Let's let's not do him down. I, I, oh, it was a five goal goal. So, yeah, break my afternoon no oh, end. Absolutely. <laughs> and as I've so, already oh, said, what we can do with that right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> hope, hopefully, that gives people a sort of flavour of where we're coming from. There's a lot of there's also factual stuff. Every chapter on the player, uh, Brian's got a little summary of their stats. So it's just how many games they played. Um, if it was in two. Uh, periods, then we'll cover that. If they were sort of supporters club player of the month for the year, or if they won any awards like that, if they were in the cup final team, for example. So there's little potted um, statistical yeah. sections as well um, for the Ambanax. Um, but uh, the final thing is, again, I won't tell you what it is. We, we got hold of Sir Alex Ferguson. And I'll, I will tell you this very briefly because it's quite yeah. a good story. Yeah. We tried with the first book, we tried the second book, no chance. Yeah. Um, my wife. Well, she used to until the virus uh, knackered it, uh, yeah. teaches keep fit to yeah. elderly ladies. Mm-hmm. One of whom uh, is Joe Carr's sister. Yeah. Now, she, uh, this lady um, had said, uh, you know, I could talk to her about Joe. I had talked to Joe way back for the first book, and he's obviously, the fact that yeah. he you know, wrote the forward, you know how, yeah. how, love, how in love he was with Saints. Yeah. So I went to see her and she said, oh, I've got this letter from Sir Alex Ferguson. She showed me it mm-hmm. um, and it had his address in it. Yeah. Not his home address, but his yeah. business address. So yeah. we wrote to that yeah. uh, and we included all his record. Yeah. And um, after about a couple of months, hard to do anything. And I was speaking to Brian, I said, look, we're not going to hear anything. And yeah. this is pre-pandemic. And I was driving my car and the phone went, number withheld. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, press the button on the Bluetooth. Uh, and this voice said, oh, it's Alex Ferguson. And I just about, <laughs> just about crashed the car. You know? Absolutely, <laughs> and, <yeah>. and, <laughs> and he was phenomenal because um, he said, oh, that game against Dundee United in the New Year, and bear in mind, it's a daily 60s. He, yeah. said, I think, he said, I think I scored two goals, not one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I said, well, actually, no, I'm sorry, you only scored one. But... Um, yeah. And, and he, he chatted, and he actually phoned back again. Yeah. Uh, so that that was fabulous. And so getting to speak to people like that, um, yeah. and indeed trying to well, get hold of McCoy's, which is really hard to do. Yeah. And yeah. he was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I think, I know a lot of Saints fans might not like him because he went to Rangers, but yeah. you talk to him, and he was, he absolutely loved his time at Saints. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely loved it. I mean, the complete opposite to Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up yeah. as a, well, doing his homework on the train. Yeah, um, yeah. He was just he, a young lad, so yeah. He was, and, and he, he he loved it, and um, he was really very, very genuine. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I must admit, it was, it was he was exactly as I expected him to come across, but um, yeah. 
switched on, knows yeah. his stuff too. So, yeah. um, anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm going on too much here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's all absolutely fascinating stuff. And it's, you know, it's to have guys associated with Saints that are, are that well known, you know, yeah. across, well, world football for Alex Ferguson, certainly British football for Ali McCoist. Um, and to have them, you know, willing to give up their time to talk about their time at Saints 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, yeah. Is is brilliant, and uh, you know I, I can't wait to to read what they've got to say about it. Um, I, yeah, and uh, hopefully everyone else will uh, agree with me and uh, get themselves a copy of the book when it comes out. Well, thank you very much indeed for your time, and I, I obviously hope they do as well because the more people do, the more money we'll make for Saints yeah. and community, which is which is you know a, a yeah. desirable thing. Yeah, and and we hope it'll be of interest to people. Um, it's. It's one of these kind of things. If you go back to the the, the old time team, um, that can run and run and run, yeah. and nobody will ever ever no. agree. No, um, absolutely not. And that no. that's what makes it. That, that's I guess what makes football so interesting for the for people like us is that you you can never stop talking about it. No, no, I, I could go for half an hour, but I'm conscious you've got to go do other stuff and so do I. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for giving us uh, some of your time to talk about that and uh, look forward to seeing the book coming out. That's smashing. Thank you very much to Jimmy. Really appreciate that. Yes. Thanks once again for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast using your usual podcast app and follow us on Twitter at WAP1884. For more information about Alistair's new book and for details on how to pre-order, visit www.wearepirth.co.uk.